if you would, turn your Bibles with me to Luke, chap- or Luke chapter 2. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, last week we talked on the gift of what? Hope. And this week we're going to talk on a different gift that came when Jesus arrived. And uh, so I will set it up here. And uh, would somebody like to open this for me, Mackenzie? Come up here and open this for me. I, just, I tried it last week with a mic, and it's, it's terrible. Now, this is what Jesus did. In, in essence, he came bearing gifts at his arrival, at his birth. He came, and he came, and he gave many different things, but these are the things. See, someone else wrapped that. Don't you hate how they wrap that? So I saved your life. <laughs> but this week, we're going to talk about peace. And, um, you know, this is a topic that I think that even with hope, I think we all have different worldly views of what that may be and what that may look like. And so this morning what we're trying to do is to bring it into, into the Christ-centered aspect of what Jesus really meant when he meant he was going to come and give us peace. Um, because right now many of you are picturing what peace looks like for you in your world and your story and your season and uh, for all of us, it probably looks a little different. Um, some of us, we just want peace and quiet and want away from our kids. Some of us want, we want peace from different things, right? And, uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit different about something differently, that God came to give you something way more significant than just peace on earth. Amen? And uh, so, anyway, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And uh, if you're in notes and you take notes, the title of this is called Temporary made permanent. And that'll make sense in a minute. And we're going to read just a few verses here in Luke chapter 2, and then we will pray. It says, verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift that you came to give us, God, that we would have peace in our lives eternally, God, that you would give us peace, God, in areas that we live in, in this world with God that, that may be chaotic and may be, and may be uh, crazy. But, God, I thank you that in you, God, is perfect peace, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it, it would fall on our hearts, God, that it would change and transform us from the inside out, God. Lord, that it would rearrange the way that we see and perceive you as our Savior and what you're capable of, Lord. And Father, I thank you that you came. Lord, we thank you that you arrived and, Lord, that you gave what you gave. And Father, I pray that our lives would glorify you and make you famous. And Lord, I pray that you'd be made more famous today than you were yesterday. Lord, let that be our desire in Jesus' name. Amen. As you, as you hear this and you, you think about peace, I couldn't help but think about Miss America. And how, you know, when they finally get there and they do their interviews and they say, what would you like to see happen? 
And all of them say what? We would like world peace. And at the end of the day, most of us would love to have world peace. And the problem is, is that in, in having world peace would mean that we don't live in a fallen world. And a lot of us are trying to get something from this world that this world cannot offer us. We're, we're in a pursuit of trying to obtain something. If I could just have peace on earth, the only way that you have peace on earth is based on whether Jesus Christ is in your life. And, and I was thinking about, you know, if, if I was to tell you that, hey, um, so I've got a dog and this dog's going to have, it's pregnant and it's going to have some puppies. None of you would go expecting to get a cat from a puppy, right? Why? Because what's in it is puppies. No one is signed up to go get a doodle and expecting a kitty, right? Because of why? Because you know it's a dog and you know what's in it. And I say that for this is that so many of us forget the world that we live in, and we're trying to get something out of it that it cannot offer us. And we're standing there waiting for our doodle, and out comes a kitten. Right? No, no, that's never going to happen. What's, what's in it is what's going to come out of it. And we live in a fallen and broken world, and you can stand before people and say, we're going to have world peace. And in this world, this world cannot give you peace. Peace is a byproduct of Jesus Christ leaving heaven, coming to earth, and putting himself as a resident on earth and allowing, allowing who he was to infiltrate our hearts, our minds, and our lives. And so this is what he says. And it's it's interesting that that there I, I always wondered this, and I finally researched it a couple years ago, and I thought, why would angels show up to shepherds? Like, what does that have to do with Christ's birth? And I'm gonna get into that in a little bit, and this is why you'll understand temporary made permanent. But but I think that what we first off have to understand is this is that Peace, a lot of times for us, looks like comfort. If I'm comfortable, then I'll have peace. And so what we do is we, we, we gauge the peace that we have based on the comfort we have. If we don't have comfort, we don't have peace. But what that does is that creates idolatry. Because what that means is as long as you have some stuff and you have what you need and you're comfortable, then you don't need Christ. And this is the point is that you cannot have peace without Christ. You can you can have comfort and not peace. That's why people kill themselves all the time. That's why that's why incidents happen even when they have a lots of stuff because peace does not equate comfort. So here's the point. If you're taking notes, this is the point. Peace is in the presence of comfort. Christ is. I know that that is so simple. But so many of us are searching for peace on earth instead of searching for Christ within. And if we would begin to look for Jesus on the inside of us and we would begin to search and seek out what God would give us, we wouldn't be in pursuit of comfort. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you get from the world. It's never going to bring you peace. A lot of us, we have these lists or these goals and we have all these things. If my 401k gets to a certain number, I'll be comfortable and I'll have peace. I can just breathe. If I have if I have this type of family, if I get this kind of grades in school, if I, if I accomplish certain things, then it's all about what you can do. Notice that. Comfort has a lot to do with what you and I can do. Peace has nothing to do with what you can do. 
pieces everything with the arrival of Christ in your life. See, we look at, 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 at Christmas as the arrival of Christ on the earth, but you need to look at it differently. You need to look at it as the arrival of Christ in you. Because that's what brings peace. peace. Jesus came to the earth, but he came to the earth to be in you and I. And there are many of us Christians who don't live in peace. We're constantly living in chaos and we're living in frustration and irritation. Why? Because we don't have peace. Because if you don't have peace, the secondary response is for you to be frustrated, to be fearful, to be scared, to be in turmoil, right? And, and the drug prescription thing has gone through the roof in America, but yet Christ is still the Lord and he's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's because we've become dependent on something other than Jesus to give us peace. Peace on earth. Jesus did not come with lack of peace. He didn't say, well, you can, I will fill you up three quarters full and you, you get seven eighths. It, it, God came to give every single person the peace that they needed in the story and the storm that they're in. I remember, I go back to different stories, and I remember as, as Tina, when she was living with us, our, our Alicia's sister, she got, she'd gotten sick. And we finally took her to the hospital, and it, it got real bad real quick. And they came in, and they said, she may not make it through the night. And I remember us sitting there as the doctors came in, and we were sitting down, and we were talking, and Everything was fine because we thought, you know what, she's going to be fine. We didn't know the severity of it. And I say this story because I want you to be prepared for whatever season of life that you're in. And in that moment, I remember the, literally the world slowed down. You know, you hear about it. But like even what their facial functions, as they were, everything slowed down to nothing. And I remember thinking, okay, in this moment I have to believe all of the things that I've preached. I have to believe all of the things that God's word says that he is. And in that moment, to say that fear didn't come in would be a lie. But also to say that peace did not come in and sit next to fear and say you have to go would be a lie. That fear came in, but so did peace. And peace came and sat next to me and said, look, I'm big enough. I'm good enough. I'm faithful enough. And in that moment, Peace came in and sat with me. What I'm saying is this, church, is that just because you've said yes to Jesus does not mean you will not go through trials and tribulations, does not mean that your life will not be uncomfortable. But what it does mean is in the midst of the circumstances and the situations that you're in, that God will give you peace to walk through it, that God will give you strength to, to overcome those things. It's peace within. This is what it is, is it's peace within. God gives you, everything around you can be going chaotic. I think of the story of, of the, the movie where the, the, this guy goes and he will not shoot. He will not kill anybody. He will only go in to save people. Right? He, he won't, what is the movie? What? Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. So, so Hacksaw Ridge. So he goes in and, and, I, and I think of all of the things that are going on around him. And it's in this movie, of course, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's drama, and there's bombs and everything going off around him, and you can see him just walking through. He sees something, and in that, that is what peace is, is it's the ability to know everything else is blowing up around you, but you can still walk. You can still fulfill the call of God on your life. You can still do what God's called you to do, 
That is peace. It doesn't mean that you're like, oh, and you just get carried around on, on something and you don't have to go through anything. That is not peace. Peace is the ability to be at peace in the middle of war, in the middle of trials, in the middle of struggles. Peace is present where Christ is present. Wherever Christ is present in your life is where you will have peace. But you know what that tells you and I? In an area that we don't have peace is an area that Christ is not in. I know. This is supposed to be a Christmas movie, <laughs> sermon. But wherever you're not at peace is where you've not yet let Christ in. Because God cannot be in something and not give you peace because he is peace. Right? So peace is present where Christ is present. See, it, it, notice what it said here. It says, as the angels came in, it says they were terrified, but an angel reassured them. How many know that there are going to be things that you go through and your initial response is going to be, oh, my gosh. Or at least that's me. What? And throw that bill back at him. Say, not today, devil. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Say, my God gave me peace. And just throw it at him. Don't do that. But see, see, fear can only control you in an area you don't have peace. See, where it doesn't mean that when things come up against you, it says, okay, I got it. I understand it. And then peace reassures you. In the middle of being terrified, in the middle of, I don't know how I'm going to make this bill. I don't know how I'm going to make this deadline. I don't know how I'm going to get my kid to, to fall in love with Jesus. You just follow peace. Your assignment is not to get the answer. Your assignment is just to serve the one who has it. And it's in that, that's what gives you peace. Do you know what gives me ultimate peace to know that I don't have to make this church grow? That I don't have to get all of you on fire for God? That I don't, that would be hard. I'm just kidding. Y'all are so, y'all are, man, y'all are awesome. But right, you is this is what peace is, is. This is what should bring you peace, is that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to figure everything out for your life. Peace is the ability to know that God has my end to my beginning. God's got me. Look at somebody this morning and say, God's got me. Then look at them and say, then chill. <laughs> if God's got you, then chill. Right? See, peace is about who is in you, not what's surrounding you. Peace is the reality of knowing who is in you. Right now, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have peace in you. Just because you have it in you does not mean that you're accessing it, though. See, see, that's the thing is that many of you, you, you could have millions of dollars in a bank account, but if you're not accessing it, then, then guess what? Then you don't know how you're going to get your groceries, and you don't know how you're going to. You have to access the peace that's within you. And if you were to see in the spiritual realm all the things that God has for you, you'd be blown away. You'd be like, you'd be looking at your husband or your wife or your singleness in the mirror and saying, I cannot believe this is how I'm living my life. I cannot believe that I am living below the level that Christ has for me. He's given me this unlimited amount of peace, and here I am living in fear. Here I am living in, in confusion and, and turmoil. Because you don't understand what's on the inside of you. Peace within. See, peace isn't 
it's, it's not in your ability to protect. It's your willingness to trust. See, what we do is we try to do this, and we try to, we try to put all of our stuff together, and we try to make sure that nothing gets out of this circle, this bubble of mine. And as long as everything stays within this bubble, then I'm at peace. Do you have kids? <laughs> because they will get in your bubble, and they will take things out of your bubble. And so what happens is what? It's not, it's not, look, at the end of the day, you can't control your world. And you can continue to try and say, no, 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 this has to be here for all you OCD people. This has to be here and here and here and here and here. Some of you all, you're, you're artists and stuff like that. You're like, I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> oh, you want to take that? Fine. It's okay. Right? But, but see, see, we try to control to create peace. And it's not about what you're willing to be able to control. It's about what you're willing to trust when things are out of control. Can you trust God when things are out of control? Can you still have peace when your kids are going crazy and you don't know what your wife is thinking and you don't know what your husband is saying and you don't, you just don't get it. You don't know why your boss came and said you have to have this project done by this date even though they gave you a different date. Amen. But, 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 but you said peace. You have to have peace in the middle of those things and say, you know what, God, you knew this. And in this, this is not me having to control my world. This is me trusting in you that you know my world. You know the things that I'm in, and I will give you peace. What a gift that God gave us when he came. That we can be in the middle of chaos. We can be in the middle of not being able to control something. And if we will just trust in the God that we've said yes to. It's interesting to me. That most of us have never wondered, oh my gosh, did I just lose my salvation? Like, we are so at peace with the fact that we know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We don't wrestle with that. But we wrestle with everything outside of that as if God is not faithful but to that one thing. <laughs> God, God is as faithful in salvation as in everything, everything else that he promised. But it takes you being in turmoil, it takes you being in chaos for you to realize how good God is and that he can give you peace from that. Some of us, when we do it's like, ah, run from chaos. But you know what you do when you run from something? You miss out on what God is. You miss out on what God is capable of being in your life. And you're running from something saying God isn't. God is chasing you down saying, wait, I got peace for you. I got, I got it. I got, I got peace for you. And you don't believe it because you can't control it. Right? See, you're going to have to trust God if you're going to experience peace this Christmas. If you're going to experience peace in your life and in your world. You're going to have to be willing to say, God, I trust you even though things are not the way that I thought they would be. Predictability is not peace, church. A plus B equals the hypotenuse of C. Okay, I got this figured out. I have peace. Look, peace is not what you can predict. Peace is what you can trust when you can't see what's going to happen. See, what would be possible if you, if you mo were motivated by peace and not fear? 
What would you be capable of this year if you were motivated by peace and not fear? What would you not walk into? What would you walk into? What would you confront? What would you stand up against? What would you be willing to say? What would you not be willing to say if you were controlled by peace and not fear? Because there are some things that I've said because I was fearful. There are some things that I have not said because I was fearful. There are some things that I have not done because I was fearful and not peaceful. See, what God wants to do is he came into the world so that you could be led and guided by peace and not fear. Emotions are powerful. But see, when you have peace, even when everything is going on and it's it's crazy and it's chaotic, you can still have peace. How many of you know that the Bible says that in this world we will have trouble? You can continue to try to avoid it, or you can finally just start embracing it. And say, you know what? I'm going to have problems. Things are not going to go the way that I thought they would. But the one thing that is consistent and constant is just like the sun that rises and falls every single day is the Christ. It's the Jesus that saves. Isaiah 26, 3 says this. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you. This is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So the level of peace you have is contingent on what? The trust you have. Trust. Peace is a byproduct of trust. Right? That's why we can have peace in a lot of other things, because we trust in that thing to get us peace instead of that thing. So what we do is we put our peace in something other than Christ, expecting it to do it, and it may last for a season. Look, there are some things that will give you peace temporarily. But it's much like water in the dam. There's a point where that dam cannot handle the water anymore. You think you're at peace, but on the other side of the dam is water that's waiting to consume you. It is better to learn how to trust God right now than it is to try to put your faith and trust and hope in all of these different things and something other than him. See, I believe that in verse 10 it says this. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. See, in that moment, they had, they had an option. They could believe the angel or they could believe how they felt. Right? So what, what's the point of this? Is this, is that direction is driven by the one, by, by one of these two things, either peace or trust. I mean, peace or fear. The direction that you're living your life right now is being driven by one of those two things, peace or fear. You will either trust and say, God, angels have come. I trust, I believe you. Or you can say, oh, my God. And live in the emotion and the fear of whatever is around you. See, how can those around us experience peace if we're living anxious? Aren't we supposed to be the testament of Christ on the earth? But every time you meet your coworker, they're talking. You're talking to them about, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I got this," and there is no peace in that. 
when your life is full of anxiousness and you're so anxious that people don't even want to be around you because they're like, oh my gosh, I get anxious when I get around you. You ever met those people? It's like, you're fine, you're having a great day, you're listening to worship music, you get in, you're like, Right. But how many of you know that we are supposed to be peacemakers? That's what the Bible says. Matthew five to be peacemakers. That means we make people have peace. That means when we walk into a situation, there should be more peace than when we got there. Not more anxiety and not more fear. Not where you come into agreement with their fear, but you trump their fear and you say, no. Do you understand the God that we serve? That God, he sent Jesus into the world, into the earth, so that we could have access to that. You don't have to allow fear to control you. Some of us, we just want to be best friends and rally around fear. You're not a friend. You have to be willing to say, look, I understand where you're at, but let's look at this scripture. Let's look at this biblically. Let's see what God is cap- he's capable of in this situation. And in that moment, you speaking hope brings peace. Right? We have, the, we have the capacity within us, because who is in us? Christ. To be able to bring peace in those situations. See, Christmas is the arrival of, pre, of, of, of peace. It's Christ brought peace to you when he came. Why? So that you could not have to be dependent on your own. So many of us are trying to pull resources from the world to get peace. And Jesus said, hey, I, that's why I'm here. I, 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 I came, I arrived so that you could get a resource from me and not the world. See, verse 12 and 14, it goes on and it says this. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. See, what you have to understand is this, is that we've talked about this natural thing, but peace, what it is, is it's a supernatural provision for us. In other words, what I'm saying is it's not something that you can get naturally. It's something you can only get supernaturally. And so here is where we go from temporary to made permanent. So the story about the shepherds, I kept wondering, why would angels show up as shepherds? Why, why would they do this? Why would they come in and speak to shepherds when, I mean, the Messiah is just a few blocks over. Why aren't they going and celebrating him? Well, you have to understand the significance of who these shepherds were. These shepherds, it says that they watched over the sheep. These sheep were sacrificial lambs. They, they were the ones that every year you would sacrifice a sheep, and you would get peace. It's called the peace offering. And you would get it. And what happened when Christ came is the angels from heaven said, we need to let these people know that they don't have to sacrifice anything again. All the natural things that we're going to give them peace temporarily is no longer temporary. It is permanent because the Messiah, the Christ, has now come. So I'm going to let the shepherds know they're out of a job we, do, we no longer need your, your sheep. We no longer need your duty. You can watch over them if you would like, but peace has become permanent. See, you have to know that peace is not something that will leave and come. It can stay with you. The shepherds, they were, they were this representation of this temporary peace. 
but permanent peace entered the world at the birth of Christ. See, my question for you this week is this. Because I think that if we're really honest with ourselves, and even me included, that I think that we're, we're leaning into something that's temporal. That's the same as you getting your teeth fixed. So my question for you is to, to do a little inventory in your life. And to see what has been my temporary peace. Has it been my job security? Has it been the relationships around me? Has it been, what, what is it that, that has been the temporary peace? It could be an addiction. It could be anything that gives you temporary peace. Because I believe that the, the army, the hosts of angels that are going to, they're going to invade our world and say, hey, there's the Messiah. You should go check him out. And I love that he told them. And then it says that then they ran to him. Because I believe that, look, at the end of the day, even though we know Christ has come, there's something about getting in his presence and making sure, right, peace is here. I'm going to let go. I'm, gonna, I'm, no longer, I'm no longer going to allow something temporary to fix something that Jesus gave me permanent. This last and final point, I'm going to have to just buzz through this because we got a little carried away today. Um, see, in Isaiah 9, it says this. We read it a little bit last week, but in verse 2, we, we talked about it. But I want to go to verse 6. It says, for a, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now to fully understand that, we have to understand that Jesus didn't just come as a baby. But it was what he did after he came that really gave us peace. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says this, but he was pierced. For our rebellions. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. See, peace is the reality that your sin has no power over your peace. The reality of peace truly is knowing that the sins that you've created in your past do not hinder your future. And if there is any greater peace is to know that in the eyes of the, of the Father, who knows me and knows the sins, he knows my thoughts, he knows my actions, he knows the ways that I've done, the things that I've done and why I've done them, when I've done them, how I've done them. Peace is knowing that he still calls you son and daughter. Peace is knowing that no matter what I've done in the natural God has secured me eternally. And so many of us get fixated on what we have in the natural to create peace. But what this scripture tells us is that God took care of you eternally so that you could have peace. The one thing I've been processing this week as I've just been thinking about peace is that so often... When I'm not in peace, it has more to do with how uncomfortable I'm feeling. 
and I lose sight of what Christ really did for me and what he is doing for me and the power of what I have within me. And it's so easy to allow sometimes the natural, because we live in this world, to not allow the natural things to overtake what's on the inside of us. See, Jesus took on pain, took on all of these things so that you and I could have peace. And I hope that this season you will be reminded that as things go on unfolded and and it wasn't what you thought it would be and it didn't go the way you thought it would be and it's different than the way you had had all this planned out, that one of your relatives is going to call you the day before Christmas and they're going to say, hey, we have to do it this way and you're going to be like, ah, inside. But you're going to respond, you know what, we'll be okay because there's a peace within you that can answer for you. See, this, that is what peace is. This peace is the, is the awareness and knowing, look, at the end of the day, if all of this falls apart and all of this is uncontrollable and all of this goes awry, you, Christ, are my security. That no matter how bad this life gets, I know where I will spend eternity. And that's what gives me peace. Peace is not the position that you are in this world. Peace is about where you sit positionally with Christ. And the Bible says that you sit at the right hand of the Father. I don't know how you could get any more peace than that. It's to know that in Christ, I have everything that I need you would stand with me this morning as we close. To be at peace with people. I think that if we're really honest, we just want to be at peace with people. We want to be at peace. None of us love being in chaos and we don't like having tension between relationships. And to be at peace with people means first that you must be at peace with God. And I think as anything this year, as we close out and in heading into a new year, that you would purpose in your heart to find peace in Christ. And then you will have peace with people. that's you this morning, you've wrestled with, with peace, you've been bombarded with everything but peace. Fear has lied to you, circumstances have gone crazy, and you just need peace. If that's you, if you would just slip your hand up real quick, I just want to pray for you this morning. Hands up everywhere. Keep them up for just a second. I just want to I want to see who you are and I want to pray over your situation. Because I want you to know that this is much more significant than just a hand raised to God. That God sees, He sees what you're in, He sees what you desire, 
He sees the turmoil and the things that we're walking through. And he wants to be able to come in and bring peace. So, Father, I lift up every hand that's raised to you, God. And, Father, you know every single story. God, you know every single situation. God, you know every dream, every desire. God, you know the turmoil and the chaos that may be surrounding them. And, Father, I pray for that, whether there's an answer that they're in pursuit of, God, if there's a step in the right direction that they need, God, if there's provision that they're needing, God, whatever it is, God, God, that you, the Prince of Peace, God, would step in to their spirit and you would soothe them, God, that you would bring them peace, that you would bring them calmness, even though chaos is going on around them, God, that you would breathe the breath of God into their story, into their circumstance, into their situation, and God, you would bring peace. That God, that they would have the faith to be obedient, to walk away from whatever it is into whatever it is that you're calling them into, God. Father, I pray right now, God, that they would experience the Prince of Peace. Come and minister to your people. We love you, God. We thank you, God, right now for meeting us where we are. Father, that we will no longer look to outside sources to bring us peace, but, God, we will look within and we will cry out to the Abba, the Father. We will say, God, I need your peace. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. Right now, God, answer your people. Cover them in Jesus' name. This morning, maybe you don't know who Christ is. And I want you to know if you don't have Christ in your heart, you will never find peace. If you've prayed the prayer, but you've never been really, truly serious about walking it out and living it out. And you say, this morning, I want to recommit my life to God. I want to rededicate my life to you, God. I want to have peace internally, God. I want to have peace around me, God. I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And I want to believe you and accept you as my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, if you would just slip your hand up real quick. And you can set it right back down. I just want to pray for you this morning. You say, that's me. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else this morning? You say, that's me. Father, I I thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. So we pray this prayer. If you would pray this prayer with me. They say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. But I believe Jesus died on the cross for those sins. That he rose again. On the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Father, awaken the purpose that you created me for. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning?